0: 971
1: FM Talk Podcast. Oh yeah, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews, Mark Cox on vacation. Carl Middleman, our executive producer, and a special co-host for the show, Ryan Conley from In Season Financial. Welcome to the studio, sir.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: We're uh, going to dig deep into uh, Ryan's story and why he's back on the show a couple of weeks later after the MR340, but a salute to Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Just lost him a couple of days ago. Guy went in his sleep, which is, to me, I think that's the goal for most. Uh, Not that anybody wants to leave anytime soon, but... Uh, So, Carl, thanks for uh, digging up the ZZ Top music.
3: Sleeping bag, because Ryan slept out in a (laughs) sleeping bag. I I did.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know, I will tell you, I got on uh, YouTube and punched in ZZ Top music, and I heard so many songs that I'd never heard. You know, everybody knows like five or ten Mm -hmm. ZZ Top songs. Man, it went way back into, like, the 50s and the 60s when these guys were just cranking it.
3: They're a trio, and they've had the same three guys in their band since they started in 1969. Beautiful. Yeah. Well,
1: not no more. And they were supposed to be at the Washington Town and Country Fair, so yes. what are they doing? Are they going to? Do they have a, a backup plan? Do they have somebody who can step in? I'm sure they can. B-
3: their guitar tech, their last show, Dusty didn't play the encore, yeah. and their guitar tech played bass. So, See,
1: this is musicians coming together, and I love that uh, because uh, Merle Haggard... Uh, was doing a, a performance towards the end of his life, and Toby Keith was in the audience, mm-hmm. and he had a breathing issue. Uh, the Hag did, so he asked Toby. He says, "Hey, could you come up and and you know help me out here?" He goes, "I can do it, and I don't need any any uh, words. I don't need no lyrics. I know every song you've ever done, <laughs> and it was a beautiful moment." So,
3: so Kishi's fiftieth birthday party had Sammy Hagar, Collective Soul, and ZZ Top. Yeah. and so I was there at the time, and. We were backstage, and there's this little old man walking around in this Vegas style sequins, tight little office, short little guy, but giant beard. So, exactly, you knew who it was. Right, right. I'm like Dusty Hill is, he looks like a mannequin because <laughs> he was just, he was in the zone and he was getting ready to go on stage, didn't want anybody to talk to him, and he went out on stage and killed it. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, you know- Billy's a showman, but Dusty was, you know, he and Frank are the rhythm section. And mm-hmm. so you had to, you had to Except it also looked like Dusty. Dusty didn't want to be there. anyway. he he was 68 or 69 at the time. Yeah. He's 72 now when he passed. And, you know, for a while, you're like, how long are they going to keep doing this? Yeah. And they were going to be, they were still doing it. They were just it.
1: going. They were just going. Well, thanks for sharing those memories. I believe I saw uh, ZZ Top at Madame Tussauds Wax Museum in Vegas. I believe really? Uh, i'm pretty sure about i think i got a picture of that uh but anyway hey this show is second amendment radio (laughs) on the great outdoors we're going to be talking with the uh, sheriff of jefferson county dave marshack a little later on in the program uh but i I have ryan here he just finished up the mr340 kayak race across the great state of missouri and uh first of all uh we need to mention your your partner in your boat yes his name rob bergner and uh good dude did yeah, I'll go ahead. I didn't think about that. That was pause.
2: Yeah, that was, was a did you, perfectly
1: did you, timed. Did you get in any fights along the way? Like, you're not doing it right! No. Just quick.
2: Nothing major. Okay, no. you got <laughs> through Nothing it. major. We well, made it through.
3: He's listed first on the website. Well, <laughs> and it was it's, his it's by, it's by alphabet.
2: Of course it is, yeah. yes. Okay, so so
3: I do
1: want to know this. Uh, you, you did finish. Yes. Uh, you finished in 39th for your category. Right. Which is outstanding. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, who was waiting for you when you got in, into St. Charles?
2: So my, uh, my two daughters were there and my mom and dad were there. Awesome, uh, which was great. Um, and we the nice thing about coming in when we did was there, there was a lot of people there. so it mm-hmm. was it was it was a, it was a really good uh, good turnout. I have one of my other buddies that texted me some tough love in the middle of the race. He was there. He had done the done the event a few years ago, so it was, oh, wow. it was yeah, awesome. And he
3: didn't do it anymore. <laughs> I, I, I'll
1: tell you what, I know one other guy, a songwriter in Nashville, did it, and it about killed him because he had a short uh, uh, kayak, a short one. he says, I don't know why I did that. I just yeah. figured it'd be the best way to go. You had a two-man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said prior to uh, the, starting the program today that you, next year you're going to do it
2: differently. What are you going to do? Well, I would have liked to eventually try this on a solo, you know, a solo boat, just okay. myself. Um,
3: the solo guys... The the record the team set a record, but the solo guy he was only two hours behind them.
2: Yeah, wow. yeah. Okay. I mean, it's some some pretty. Uh, there are like I said, there's definitely people in it to win it, and there's those that are there to finish it, just to do it. Yeah, yeah and I would like to get to that point in time where I'm I'm in it to win it because
1: uh you, you get what you pay for i mean you can right. go to the farm store and buy a kayak and go for it <laughs> or you can get one of these streamlined really lightweight kind of like a, a competitive bicyclist. uh competitive bicyclists oh sure you know a buddy of yep. mine a marine uh was a triathlete and he had a bike that weighed about a pound and a half yep. or whatever it was uh but it was about 10 grand right so you're you gotta there are competitive level boats oh absolutely just and,
2: the competitive level guns you know fishing equipment it's yeah there's plenty of ways to spend money into that sport okay
1: and speaking of ryan conley is your financial guide through all seasons in season financial is a great sponsor of second amendment radio on the great outdoors and uh so i'm glad you finished it i'm glad your family was waiting for you i wasn't there but uh i, I was praying for you on your trip glad you finished it coming up in the next segment we are going to dive deep into the mr340 from ryan's perspective and uh, and really get the the dirt on how tough it was and That kind of thing. You want to know the details? Maybe you want to do it next year. We'll find out. It is Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. We'll be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time It is Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors, and we are attributing uh, the music to Dusty Hill, the late Dusty Hill we lost this week from ZZ Top. Man, oh man, I saw them for the first time about six years ago. I think they were opening for the Kid Rock concert. And I've Sounds loved right. ZZ Top music all my life, and I'm looking at the stage, I'm like, hold on! All three guys. I mean, it, it, all this music is from three guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was just floored. I mean, because again, I, I guess I never looked at the album cover, but uh, Dusty Hill, R.I.P. Buddy, uh, seventy-two years old. That's a uh, shame. No, no COVID. Uh, we don't know the details. Died,
3: died in his sleep.
1: Man, what a way to go. That'd be that'd be the goal, mm-hmm. right?
3: And since we're playing legs, what's this segment brought to you by? Thanks, Carl. Appreciate
1: that. It is brought to you by the things that go on the end of your legs. Chuck's Boots, Chuck's Boots and Fenton and St. Peter's. And if you do not own a side-by-side or you got a junky one, you banged up too much, they're giving away a Polaris General 1000 with Thorough Good Boots. Uh, they've teamed up. You, all you have to do is go to their Facebook page at Chuck's Boots or Chuck's Boots.com. Get registered name, phone number, basic information, and all the restrictions apply and all the rules are right there on the website. But you could walk away by the end of the year with a brand new Polaris side-by-side. And with this segment of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, Ryan Conley, he is uh, what I like to call the Chuck Norris of uh, of the financial world. Uh, Ryan, uh, you, I, I've been anxious to hear the story. You just uh, finished up the mr three forty. Thank you for coming in a couple of weeks ago to tell us about it coming up. But how did it go?
2: Just generally. Well, we finished. So generally speaking, it's <laughs> a it win. Fantastic. <laughs> Some people didn't, did they? No, they didn't. It was uh It was a. It was a challenging, uh, for us, four days. Um, I think the final registration was somewhere around 530 some odd boats. Now, you have to register for this event uh, on January 1st. That's when registration first starts opening. Okay. And it fills up. Some of the spots fill up pretty quickly. So, you know, between January 1st and July, you know, life gets in the way. So there were a number of boats that didn't even start. Oh, boy. Uh, but I think we had around 400 that that answered the bell off to begin uh, at
1: the start of it. So explain, Ryan, uh, by the way, Ryan Conley from Season Financial, a great sponsor of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Explain to those that are hearing the words uh, MR340, wh- what is it?
2: Well, it is a race. Uh, it's, it's a race that there are winners, um, and uh, but the vast majority of people that enter this are there to complete it. But it starts literally right on the border of Kansas and Missouri. Uh, a little river called the Call River. Okay, that's where we all stage, and then we start paddling like five hundred yards, and then we're on the Missouri River. Okay, right there, right there. Um, and it goes from, you know, from Kansas City all the way to St. Charles. Uh, three hundred and forty. River miles is what it is, <laughs> and uh, were you shocked at uh, what it looked like when you got on the
1: boat? Now you did have some experience because you were part of a ground crew last year, right? I was a ground crew last year. Okay, so this year you did. Last year you decide, I'm going to do this thing. Yes, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to beat it. Well, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> a week before, I was in Herman, and I texted you and I was alongside the Missouri River. I'm like, dude, I think the river's moving pretty fast. So was it moving pretty fast
2: in your uh, kayaks? Well, so I think technically the river was moving slower Uh than what definitely what you saw in herman however the the winner of the race this year set set the course record if you will so you know for for them they found the right the right water they had the right you know uh, equipment and from what i understand if you were behind them it was a three-person kayak that won if you were behind them watching them it looked like one person they were just absolutely in sync they were they were they were in it to win it. It's like what you see on the Olympic uh, yep. the rowing teams. Right, exactly. Just that good. Yeah, they were
1: okay. that good. So, you know, if you think of uh, the Boston Marathon, the New York Marathon, St. Louis Marathon, uh, there are people that are here for the competition to be the first one across the finish line. Correct. Did you have that expectation going into this, or you just wanted to do it and finish it?
2: I did not have that expectation. <laughs> <laughs> no. The You have 85 hours to complete it. Um, we originally set a goal for somewhere – in the 60 to 70 hour range and to, you to and your teammate it. let's right. call him out yeah his name is rob bergner rob good job buddy yep. uh,
1: did you switch uh who was in front who was in back or no i did... kept it
2: kept it uh it, well it's his kayak so he's in front he's in the back oh okay he's in the back um so he could be napping and you don't even know it exactly and i'm sure he did no I'm well just kidding, rob. he's a bit of a talker so i i knew that, uh, <laughs> that if he was sleeping i wouldn't have heard it but okay um no, it's actually it was his kayak and and his most all of his stuff. I was just basically there to be a motor. Yeah, yeah. Which was fine. I was happy with
1: that. Uh, and were you comparable in strength? I mean, I do reference you as Chuck Norris of the financial
2: world. Uh, <laughs> he um he would not be he would be the Chuck Norris of the sign world. Then we'll just say that how okay. about that. Yeah. Uh, no, he works for a company that uh, they they build. Um, you know, like big gas station signs sure. and stuff like that. Uh, so, no, I would say that we had two Chuck Norrises then on one kayak, okay. and it worked out fine.
1: So, uh, just describe. Now, you did have a ground crew that followed mm-hmm. along. Yes. But what what kind of equipment do you carry in the boat? Because I text you, actually, I text you while we were recording the Second Amendment Radio, mm-hmm. didn't get a response. Right. So, I'm guessing there was no signal. Yep. Um, uh, what kind of equipment do you have in the boat? Aside from what the ground crew has.
2: Right. So, I mean, in the boat, you have to have, there's some safety equipment that's required. You have to have an extra paddle uh, in case one of them breaks. So, you, you know, that's a requirement. You have to have your navigation lights on all the time. Um, Kayaks with lights? Didn't mm-hmm. they okay. Yeah, battery-powered. You have uh, a bright one in the back and then the red and green one on the front. Gotcha. Uh, which actually comes in handy uh, when it's night. It, it's actually a pretty cool when it's like midnight and you you can see the other paddlers and stuff like that it's pretty cool so that's helpful yes w- what
1: other safety equipment life vest you wear that oh the yeah whole time? absolutely
2: i i mean i don't think it's a requirement to wear it i've saw very few people that that did not wear wear one right but you had to have one in the boat and okay. for me i mean that's just a no-brainer i would i'm gonna wear that thing I've, Two daughters and, and yeah. you know, zest uh, for crazy. living. So. Dad's doing crazy stuff. Right. Let's, be let's go ahead and, and, and keep it safe. Um, and there's, you know, uh, something called a bilge pump, which, you know, if you flood, it allows you to get the water out yeah. um, and a few other little safety devices as far as that goes. There's extra stuff that you can put on the boat. We had, um, you know, navigation garments, uh-huh. essentially, which you think... Well, what do you need a Garmin for? You just point the thing down river and you're going to get and there. just go, B- yeah. Just go. But the river does have faster water in it in the channel and stuff, and the Garmin will help. It um, tells you that information? Yeah, it can. Really? mm mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you notice it if you're not in the channel. I mean, because when you, when you paddle, I mean, it'll tell you the speed, and then it's easily a mile, mile and a half, two miles less if you're not in the channel. And oh. So it can make a big difference. Uh, so uh, you mentioned uh, the lights on the kayak um did did you do a lot of night paddling my opinion we didn't do enough okay um i would
1: think it'd be cooler
2: well definitely it it was that's probably one of the biggest reasons why i don't think we did enough is because it's cooler but you know obviously you lose you know most of your sense of sight now they do coordinate the race with the full moon so that's that's great but you know one of the um the risks the dangers are the buoys the channel markers oh wow and you know they will oftentimes be submerged and you won't you won't know them until they just suddenly pop up in right. fact i don't know if you remember watching the movie uh jaws and you saw the part where their boat and the and the shark is you know swimming right next to the boat and just just under the surface yep. well that happened to us uh one time it was during the day but you know a buoy just suddenly popped out of nowhere and we 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 speed up and literally the top of the buoy has a a, a ring where they use it to, to you know chain on to lift it up or whatever. And it uh-huh. looked just like a shark eye. Oh no! And it, was and it was no more than five feet away from us. So we 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 escaped thankfully. Uh, but <laughs> no there, were no, there were there are a few people that that did collide with the with the buoys. Wow! And you know depending on your boat, some boats will. Will bounce, you know, the, the will bounce off of them. Um, other ones can be absolutely destroyed by them. Okay, back to the equipment. Yes, I didn't hear anything about a cooler full of beer. <laughs> uh, that snacks. Anything? Oh yeah, we definitely had that's snacks what the ground and stuff. For. Yes, the ground crew yeah, kept in the boat, Carl, in the boat. Right. Yeah. I'm thirsty that, now. That would be a float trip. <laughs> <laughs> a different game. A little bit of a different game. Yes. Okay, uh, uh, and, but no, we definitely had food and and you know nutrition. In fact, that's one of the things that can get away from you if you're not paying attention to it is, you know, continuing to eat, continuing to, to hydrate, hydrate. Yeah, absolutely, exactly, yeah. especially especially when it gets to be, um, you know, 90-something plus degrees. So this is a lot different experience than uh, renting a kayak at Crevecore Lake, mm-hmm.
1: uh, because you were traveling 340 miles. Right. Um, did, you, did you feel like you had adequately trained prior to this event?
2: There's always room for improvement, I would say. Uh, <laughs> so I think even Michael it. Jordan mm-hmm. made, makes references to, you know, continually practicing. Um, but for knowing what we were going to get into, yes, I think I did enough to be able to – obviously, I did enough to get, to get through. Yeah, yeah. If I want to, you know, continue this endeavor, which I do, um, and improve upon my times, it's going to involve a, a number of different things, you know, improved um, – you know, off-season training, if you will. Sure. Probably even a different, you know, type of boat. I mean, the boat that we were in, um, its current designs is what it is, the manufacturer, and it's 22 feet long, I okay. think. You could actually fit three people into it if you wanted to. And it's great for, like, long-distance, long, t- lo- long distance, um like, camping or something. If you wanted to load up, y- y- you can load a lot of stuff into this thing. The team that won, they had essentially a racing type of, I mean, there, there's not much to it, but it probably weighs at l- less than half of what our boat does you know by itself sure. and so we had an advantage um, when barge traffic would come through and create you know decent sized waves whereas you know those racing kayaks and stuff like that they would almost you know they have to they're at a lot more risk than what we were and so, they
3: did it in less than 41 hours
2: they did the the winning team actually did it in 36 hours and 20 minutes and in fact, the, the lowest point that I was in during this race occurred literally at the halfway point, at, at mile 170. Okay. There's a, it's just outside of Boonville. I mean, literally, you can see the bridge from, from where this is on Franklin Island. It's 170. And there was a 2% chance, we got there on Wednesday night, that I was going to get back into that kayak the next morning. I was just... You were done? I was just beat. Well, I, was it a mental thing? Oh, well, uh, yeah. It was mental. Uh, That's the... Yeah, physically I was more or less fine, but it was a mental thing. It was you it know, just did not have a really good paddle. I watch uh, shows like Naked and Afraid,
1: and yeah, Alone, right? And you know they they have the equipment, they've got food source, they've got water source, and really the mental part. Oh, it's huge. Is so much harder. I did a I did a feat, let's call it a a, a stunt, and I was at 92 feet for 92 hours to raise 92 hundred dollars uh, for Boys and Girls Town of Missouri way back when. And that was the hard part. I, and in the middle of the night, I, I literally thought, "What am I doing here?" Yeah. <laughs> and and I and I was praying. I was trying to get some kind of wisdom. And and all of a sudden, I realized what I was doing was drawing attention to this charity and these children. And that gave me the push to keep on going and to figuring out uh, why I was there. But when you're in the middle of it, you're like, "Why am I here?" I've got my daughters are waiting yeah. for me and that kind of thing. So so you're you did text me when you finally got signal, right? And you told me that you there was a chance you were going to. Uh, you had already passed it, but you, there right. was a
2: thought in your mind that you're done. Right, and that was that was it. Um, and very similar story that um, that two percent chance dropped to a one percent chance wow. because right at the time I'm we're at this halfway point. That's when the text messages start coming through oh. that the first boat had already finished. Oh, and we no. are literally literally at mile one seventy. Oh, so halfway
3: there in a day and a half.
2: Exactly. And Franklin Island at the time mosquitoes were everywhere. It was just. It was, just, it was just nuts. I ended up just saying, I'm just going to go lay down in my tent. I did. Um, I prayed for a massive fog bank to roll through, because if that had happened, they probably would have just, it, the decision would have been outside Out of, of my, hands. yeah, sure, like, sure. okay, woke up the next morning, prayer wasn't answered. It was relatively clear. Just got in the boat, though, but that night, um, I gotten several texts from some friends, uh, my girlfriend texted me and said that you know there's a bunch of people asking how you're doing. Yeah. they're all rooting for you. Um, and my dad texted me and said that and a buddy of mine that at that point in time already a hundred boats had dropped out. Wow I'm like, So I'm like, okay, okay, I just just get in the boat and and just and just go and even if you're tired and you don't paddle for 30 minutes or something, the the water's going to take you down sure. it's going it's going to continue to to move you forward so um did you did you think about the charity angle because you did do this for a reason we do, we did yes uh and absolutely that came into in into play um, you're on the
3: website yep you and your partner are on the website oh, for good, giving money
2: good good yep uh the the charity that we were doing this. Well this this was not in connection with the MR three forty at all. This was just in fact Rob uh, is uh, on the board of this charity. It's the Sergeant Bam Foundation. Um and we were raising what what Sergeant Bam was uh, founded by a Gold Star Mom and so we are we're raising money to help the Sergeant Bam Foundation assist you know all of our servicemen and women with um you know PTSD. Absolutely. And so what we we're asking for was 22 cents a mile and the 22 was you know symbolic of the 22 veterans a day that that take their suicide yeah, exactly
1: absolutely. oh yeah i, I did the uh, 22 uh, push-up challenge right for a right. long time
2: Yeah, sure and so uh, i'm i'm very grateful to say when when i stopped to think about you know what it was that was causing me pain or discomfort during the race and then you think about what it is we're doing for what we're doing this for i'm like you know, for me, at worst-case scenario, this is over by Friday at 9 p.m. because yeah. that's the cutoff time. Right. You know, but these these sailors and the soldiers and the Marines and the Coast Guard, all these, these servicemen and women. Heck,
1: police officers and firefighters. Absolutely.
2: You know, they're dealing with this stuff indefinitely. Yeah, And every day. A- a- absolutely every day. So I, I felt that I just needed to, you know, buck up and get back in a boat and it's fun yeah. <laughs> I mean ultimately you're it's you're doing fun. something fun exactly exactly and uh, so I don't have the final figures yet um, you're still able to to donate
3: yes it says it says for now on the website okay yeah does so, it? okay
2: so go to what website to <laughs> donate
3: RiverMiles.com
2: okay
1: okay well that's fantastic man was, was there other teams that were doing charity uh, uh purposes for their race too or no
2: not that I know specifically uh, we actually had you know the sergeant SergeantBamFoundation.org um, website on our boat. Okay, um, I didn't see. I mean, there was a couple of other boats that had some sort of sponsorship of sorts. You're on focused
3: them. on your boat, not anybody else right. else's boat.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, so uh, let's go back to the physical draining of it. We talked about the mental drain of it. Yep. Uh, the physical drain. Did you cramp up at all? Like, because I mean, I I could be just laying in bed and my foot goes into a cramp and I can't. I got to... Ah. Uh, did you have any of that? I mean, or are you? truly Chuck Norris doesn't have cramps So I guess no no I, I mean I, I
2: uh, <laughs> you laugh <laughs> I, I do that, that's it I laugh every time you say that um, no I, I, there's a stuff called kinetic tape or kinesi tape I, I'm not sure what it what the pronunciation of it is but it's basically this elastic tape my sister is a physical therapist and mm-hmm. she she pointed me into the direction of it I used that a couple of times in fact across my shoulders I I went the first two days um, And just to see where I would be the most sore, and it was across my shoulders. I put those, uh, the ground group guys put that on me. Um, When I got home and finished and and finally took it off, it felt like my shoulder blades dropped six inches. Oh, my gosh. Um, Wow. But, no, as far as, it it was, I mean, it was definitely, um, I I knew when I finished that I had just done, you know, a, a pretty, You know, something I'd never done before, Um, but nothing to where I was injured. Okay. But the cramp, you know, able to make... Okay, so there's stand-up paddle boards. What? Oh, I've seen seen them at Creepy Lake. Exactly. And there's a a whole division where people will do that, and I'm thinking, those guys are nuts. And they did it the whole way? Sure.
3: 340 miles? 340
2: miles. However, I will say this. They have a little bit of an advantage because they can stand... They can sit, they can kneel, yeah, or they uh, can even lay down on the things, whereas if you're in a canoe or a kayak, you're basically in, in one position. I still don't have any desire to do it <laughs> on a stand-up. Okay. There's
1: a Gilligan's Island where they were stranded for however long, and mm-hmm. there was a guy that showed up on a, on a surfboard yeah. and then was able to get back on a surfboard and go back you know, to safety, but anyway... <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for sharing the uh, the gory details of this. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, thanks for raising the money for uh, the uh, the military and uh, mm-hmm. and the people going through PTSD. Ryan Conley of In Season Financial, a great sponsor of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you for that. Coming up next, we're going to talk to uh, Dave Marshak, Sheriff of Jefferson County on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors as we continue to salute Dusty Hill from ZZ Top. Rest in peace. Here is coming to my eye every time I hear a ZZ Top guitar riff,
3: Ugh. or a bass line,
1: Dusty Hill. Rest in peace, buddy. Thanks for all the good times. My goodness. It is Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. Mark Cox on vacation. And uh, thanks to Ryan Connolly from In Season Financial who is sticking around for the show. Uh, what a great story about the MR340. And if you missed it, please go to the Odyssey app and back it up. And if you've ever been inspired, and I'm not talking about floating down the river with a cooler of beer. I'm talking real competition. Listen to Ryan's uh, story about what he experienced in the MR340 which he did finish. He did not step out of an Escalade at the very end of it. Uh, it was all legit. Um, but uh, we do want to switch gears here and get Sheriff Marshak from Jefferson County on. This segment brought to you by Razorback Armory. They are your gun concierge on Manchester Road, a half mile east of 270. Uh, and it's right next to the tennis store. And I say that because everybody sees the tennis, the word tennis first. Razorback Armory is right next to them. Go on in. If you're looking for a silencer, uh, you can go in. They've got a kiosk. You can get signed up. But stop by RazorbackArmory.com for directions and more information about that great company uh sheriff Marshak from jefferson county welcome to second amendment radio in the great outdoors been a while how are you sir
0: good
4: day doing well i hope you are doing well as well
1: <sighs> just trying to get through the heat brother get through the heat um so uh are you doing well how's jeffco uh and your deputies doing
4: look everybody's doing well no complaints uh i think everyone's uh, surviving the heat it's been a little bit cooler this weekend we're all good
1: uh, you know it's it's nice to hear less headlines about tragedies in the river ways of our area uh, but there's always something you, you got to stay focused on. Uh, I do want to uh, see, and I always want to know how recruiting is going. If you are recruiting in Jefferson County, because we always have a lot of people from you know the bi-state area that you know may be in law enforcement or wanting to get into law enforcement. Uh, because there's a story out there about uh, the uh, St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department still losing officers at a great rate. Are they coming to you?
4: Well, wow, though, hired three this week from St. Louis and. Unfortunately for them, the kind of police officers that we're cherry-picking are quality police officers that they're losing. So they may come from homicide, maybe SWAT officers, detectives, intelligence. Uh, We're the benefactors of conversations of defunding. Uh, All suburban counties and cities continue to thrive as a result of it. I will tell you, for the new recruits, it's a great time to get into policing. If you have an interest, uh, seek out some resources, and you're certainly welcome to call us or uh, I will happy be happy to talk to you about it. But I think now is a great time to get in. Um, it continues to be an issue for police agencies across this country to recruit and retain quality police officers. And that's really what we're talking about. We just don't want... Uh, anybody to come into the profession, particularly those with a grudge, or maybe they got beat up in high school or something. we sure. don't hear that joke about the angry police officer. We don't want to hire angry police officers that have a grudge. We're looking for high quality candidates. You
1: know, and, and I, I think that's well said. Um What direction uh, would you give somebody that's listening that's thinking about uh, getting into law enforcement? And, 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 you know, if you are uh in St. Louis City, and you want to police St. Louis City, my goodness, they need the help for sure. Uh, but what direction as far as education? What would be the first step, maybe somebody coming out of uh, high
3: school?
4: You know, there's uh, 20 law enforcement academies approved in the state of Missouri. Uh, those are easily found and located on Missouri Department of Public Safety website. Yeah, uh, That's a great resource to kind of dive in and get some information on the academies, because each academy has its own unique... Um, kind of culture about it and so uh, you know if you uh, reside in St. Louis City or St. Louis County certainly uh, they both have academies Jefferson County and St. Charles does as well so I think you have to kind of pinpoint you know the area in which you think you would like to serve citizens uh, and then probably uh, go, go there for it.
1: You know my, my daughter got out of the army several years ago and uh, went right into law enforcement I'm like my little cherub how about a job without a gun and she's like <laughs> I want want to police my community. And she did it for a while. Then she did some uh, prison uh, guard uh, work. And then she ultimately got out of it. Because it is, you know, it is what we see in the headlines. I mean, whether it's true or not, it's the narrative that's out there, and it's scary. So for anybody in law enforcement, my hat's off to you, especially the young people. Does Jeffco have a a residency law or a residency mandate? Uh, Do you have to live in Jeffco?
4: No, no. And, you know, again, we continue to make changes Uh, quickly to accommodate uh, people we've expanded our residency requirement uh, several years ago we allowed um, our take-home vehicle and and almost every deputy in Jefferson County has a take-home vehicle they're allowed to take that outside the county now we've done a number of different things to appeal to some of the younger officers to encourage them to apply with us and make things a little bit more beneficial we have to be competitive these days we have to make decisions that Uh, Put us in the top tier if we expect top tier candidates to uh, both apply with us and then to retain them. So, you know, from a law enforcement perspective, we do what we need to do to make sure that we are staffed to protect our community. I will tell you both, excuse me, when you mentioned uh, your daughter, you know, there's this idealistic um, position that when you are going to go into law enforcement, you're going to be doing certain things and that you're going to have an opportunity to, you know, be out there and play basketball with the kids. And um, it doesn't take long to realize that uh, that is not what we do every day.
1: Right, right. Uh, you know, I, I will say as far as uh, the take-home vehicles for your deputies, I think any neighborhood would be glad to have a sheriff's deputy car sit in the, a driveway of their neighbor or their community. Uh, I always appreciate the blue lights that people put on their the front of their house or their, as their porch light. Uh, It just lets you know that people do support the Thin Blue Line. I want to switch gears uh, here and talk about response times to 911 because I have a personal experience. uh, But I also, uh, you know, have been hearing more stories about, you know, calls to 911 in the the Metro going to on-hold status. Um, my experience was I accidentally uh, your phone. Most every phone has a, a trigger that you can hit certain buttons, and it will automatically call nine one one. And I'm in my side by side my my phone. I threw in the cup holder, and by the time I got to my destination, I was hearing whoop whoop whoop, and I'm like, oh no. And so I immediately hung up, and I guess what I should have done is I should have waited for that call to answer, um, because it called 911 automatically, and immediately the uh, the dispatch office called and said, hey, are you okay? What's your name? What's your address? And everything was cool. We're blessed in Jefferson County, and I'm sure there's other great counties around here that the response time is quick, uh, but I was able to communicate, hey, everything's fine here. It was an accident. But yet... I still had this thing in the back of my mind that because I had your number, I called and I thank you for answering that call uh, to make sure that nobody was coming. And yet, because it's a, it's a, a big question mark. Was it really true? Was somebody BS in the dispatcher? Um, And, and the, the car was actually on the way that you found out and you called it off for me because everything was fine. Uh, Response time is outstanding in Jeffco.
4: Yeah. And unfortunately what we're seeing in some jurisdictions that, Struggle for manpower and and resources, and haven't let's make a point they haven't made the changes necessary to recruit and retain employees. There's consequences for that. There's consequences for that from a dispatcher's perspective, there's a consequence for the police officer and the citizens in which uh, we are supposed to protect. The fact that in some jurisdictions you're calling 911 and you're on hold for uh, five to ten minutes is huh. unacceptable Wow
1: I mean when stuff's happening it's happening right now,
4: and that is <laughs> frightening you know the old you know the old phrase right when you need police in seconds or minutes away this is the this is the foundation of cooperation between police officers, responsible gun owners and responsible citizens because at some point you have to make a decision to protect yourself because the police officers Uh, cannot be there exactly when they need. And I I appreciate the compliment in terms of our response. Uh, But let's look at the bigger picture. And I I think that that needs to be the conversation, because with fewer police officers out there, you can expect longer response times. It's simple math.
1: How many, uh, and I know you probably know this number or close to it, what's the square mileage of Jefferson County?
4: Jefferson County is 664 square miles. so I love, land-wise,
1: that. I love that you know that.
4: <laughs> uh, land-wise, we're, land-wise, we're larger than St. Louis County, certainly not in population, but uh, it makes a difference in terms of our response times and, and how we deploy our resources.
1: So how do we talk to people that own guns, uh, may, maybe not have ever trained with them, maybe never shot it, just bought it in the, in the, in the melee of the last year and a half? Uh, what's, your, what's your advice to them? I always say learn how to clean it first. Uh, but what, what do you say?
4: Uh, go to a uh, respectable business. I know you have many of them sponsoring these shows. Uh, reach out to them. They always have courses available. I think that's a no-brainer these days. And then when you come get your CCW uh, permit, uh, at least if you get it from us, we actually provide you a little letter with some insight on responsible gun safety. And then also provide you access to a couple of websites that have additional information on really how to enhance your uh, skills and uh, protect yourself.
1: Okay, so there was a story about a week and a half ago that I read in The Leader That talked about uh, a dispute between somebody was stealing something out of a vehicle and uh, the person that was being robbed, let's say, uh, allegedly, uh, grabbed a baseball bat and chased the person away from the vehicle. But the wrong thing that happened was he ended up chasing that person because it was a neighbor, chased them into their home, and then continued to, uh, to assault him or beat him. And he's the one that got in trouble.
4: Yeah. So You can't talk uh, about
1: details. I know it may still be in, in, you know, litigation or whatever, but I mean, that's the wrong thing to do, right, Sheriff?
4: You know, look, uh, I I didn't read the article. I'm not familiar with the situation. Uh, Obviously, in the county uh, this size, there's a lot of things that happen. I don't have the intimate details on each one of those.
1: You have people to Um, take care of this.
4: (laughs) But I will tell you, um, there are certain things that as a responsible CCW holder or as a citizen that you should be aware of. And you know, our police officers have to be trained in constitutional law constantly. As a citizen, there's not the same expectation of privacy, you're not a government official acting in a government capacity. And so the rules are a little bit different. They're actually a little bit more flexible, but uh, I'm not familiar with it. I don't want to speculate in terms of what happened, Bo. Oh,
1: wait till you read about it, it's amazing. (laughs) <laughs> Louisville slugger, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but but the goal really is to defuse the situation. Whether you deploy your weapon, whether you're a, a sheriff, a police officer, or a private citizen, it's to, to to minimize the violence and to minimize the situation, correct?
4: That's correct. It's, it's simply to stop the threat. I've heard other people use, you know, the police shoot to kill, they shoot to do this. It's really to stop the threat. And I'll tell you, as a CCW trainer right? There is nothing that I've ever seen that allows a private citizen to shoot an individual to protect personal property. And that's an important thing because if you do that and you do take that step, you'll find yourself on the other side as well.
1: Amazing. Sheriff Marshak from Jefferson County, Missouri. Thank you so much for your time. Always a great, uh, great chat with you. Uh, Yeah. And stay cool, my friend.
4: You do the same, and Have thanks. A good day. And
1: thanks again for having such a great response time on my situation. Even though it was okay, everything was fine. But <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. Let me do, before you hang up. Sure. Where, where on the priority level does a, a unanswered or a a call like that go to? Because uh,
4: so many, yeah, so many things can make a difference. And if they call you back and there's no return call, if there's a history from that phone number where that phone number has been tagged with prior domestics, okay. that's going to make a difference. Uh, if there's been law enforcement contact uh, in that area recently, it Which makes a I difference. <laughs> if the phone goes directly to a resident, they check the history. So a, a lot of variables there, though. Uh, we get a lot of uh, accidental dials, as you know. Yeah. And so it's up to the watch commander and the uh, dispatcher to kind of put together, you know, and prioritize that call based on All the other calls that are coming in.
1: Well, I was comforted by the fact that a car was still on its way, even though you called them off for me. So thanks for that. Uh, Be well. Be well, my friend. Have a good day. Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews, along with Carl Middleman. Pew, pew. Ryan Connolly, who didn't say a word in that segment, but uh, he's still here. (laughs) I'm here. Uh, And and so, yeah, again, I want to remind people to go back on the Odyssey app, rewind it, and listen to Ryan's story about the MR340, an amazing story on how he made it. By kayak across the state of Missouri. Uh, real quick, do you have another goal? Another? Do you have your eyes set on something else to for a challenge? To,
2: well, obviously, I want to continue to improve on what I did with the 340. Um, but I'm still recovering as far <laughs> yeah. as that's concerned. So right now, uh, I haven't given that a whole lot of thought. For
1: the record, I don't see a big sunburn. I thought I'd see uh, <laughs> you know some kind of blistering or something.
2: I still have numbness in my fingers. Okay. So does that count wow. for anything? But
1: you're going back. I believe so, yes. Outstanding. Thanks for joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews. Mark Cox, I believe, will join us again he will be next week. Carl, thanks for uh, the uh, tribute music to Dusty Hill. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. See you, boys.